Salome was one of the strong women in Jesus's life. Some people even say she was Mary's sister, her, his aunt. But for sure, she was the mother of the disciples, James and John. And in Matthew's gospel that you just heard Father Kim read, she kneels before Jesus with a request. Jesus says, what do you want? <laughs> and she says, declare that these two sons of mine will sit one at your right hand, one at your left, in your kingdom. Salome wants nothing less than the promise of her sons being Jesus's top lieutenants in the time to come. And I love how this passage shows a mother and her sons dreaming of glory, a far cry from James and John when they used to be fishermen working for their father on a boat in the Sea of Galilee. And last year, I talked about this. I talked about this misguided kind of ambition that we all fall into from time to time, wanting to be the best, wanting to be better than other people. And for James and John and their mother Salome, it means trying to win some kind of non-existent best disciple award instead of following the plan that Jesus has for them. So what is the plan? Deeply serious, Jesus says to these two men, are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? He means the cup of self-sacrifice, of putting others first, of being a servant to all. And James and his brother John stoutly answer, we are able. And it turns out James is able. He drinks the cup of self-sacrifice. Of all the apostles, he was the first one killed in the year 44, decapitated by Herod for teaching Jesus' ways. And today we celebrate our patron, Saint James, as we do every year on this feast day. And this year I want to focus on his life after this conversation with Jesus that we just heard and see what James has come to mean to people after his death as well. Most of James's story is legend, what Father John Fuse calls holy tradition, or hagiography, which is stories of the lives of saints written in glowing terms. And today I want to share with you some of the glowing terms um, that we celebrate when it comes to James. Whether these stories are strictly speaking true or not, they are holy traditions that mean so much to people around the world, especially in Spain and have for centuries. After Jesus died, James spent the next 14 years traveling around preaching and teaching. And although no one knows that this is true for sure, many believe that he traveled to Spain, which was called Hispania in those days, before returning to his home country where he was killed. And this is where the holy traditions really take hold because uh, beginning with the story of when Herod has him executed, um, they say that Herod refused to let his body be buried, and so his disciples carried his body to a boat 
and took him to Spain to be buried. That's one holy tradition. Another is that angels bore his body onto a rudderless boat that found its way to Spain. And once there, a massive rock covered up the body, grew up around the body. And then in another legend, hundreds of years later, uh, a shepherd named Pelagius spotted a field shining with stars and ringing with music and discovered James's burial place, and they promptly built a church on the spot. So many of these holy traditions about James involve scallop shells. <laughs> uh, probably because he'd been a fisherman. That's all I can really guess as to why this is the symbol for James. But one story tells about how James saved the life of a drowning knight. And when the knight came up out of the water alive, his body was covered head to toe in scallop shells. And in another story, James's body is lost at sea and washes up on the shores of Spain again, covered from head to toe in scallop shells. And in another story, when James was still alive and traveling throughout Spain to preach, they say that he would never accept any more food than would, or water than would fit on a scallop shell, so I hope he had a bigger one than this. <laughs> For over a thousand years, people have been walking the Camino, which is a set of trails across Europe that all lead to the church where they say James's body is buried. And some say that the, the lines that you see on a scallop shell represent all those different pathways. A few weeks ago, we had a priest and author named Anne Gardner come and tell us about her own journey across Europe on one of the Camino pathways. She even wrote a book about it. Now, for Catholics, when they arrive at this church where his bones are buried, this earns them an indulgence. That's, uh, also, they have to they also have to say prayers, go to confession, and take communion. And in a holy year like this one, making the trip earns Catholics a plenary indulgence, which is total forgiveness of sins and less time in purgatory. Now, in our Episcopal tradition, we don't believe in indulgences or purgatory, so that doesn't help us. And yet, all the same, thousands of Episcopalians and people from all other faith traditions and no faith traditions walk these pathways across Europe every year to reach uh, this church. And unless I get COVID, I'm going to walk it in the second half of August this year with my sister. I'm very excited. And I'm, I'm excited about it because I love the idea of being on an open-ended journey. As, as Emerson said, Life is a journey, not a destination. And I love the idea of not knowing what to expect from the moment I walk out of my door until I reach home again. The one thing I do know is that I'm bound to learn things along the way on the journey. And this got me thinking about all of us here at St. James, even those of us who never walk the Camino in Spain, each of us all the same is a pilgrim on a journey of our own. 
and we're traveling as a community as well. So for you, maybe the journey is a journey out of addiction or out of an unhealthy relationship. Maybe you're at a crossroads in your career and yours is a journey of discernment. Maybe you came to LA to become an actor and now you're feeling like you want to be a painter or a chef instead. Maybe you're discovering a whole new calling. Maybe you're considering retirement. Or maybe you're considering coming out of retirement. <laughs> maybe you are grieving a loss so deep that sometimes it's hard to breathe. And you're hoping on this journey for just a little less pain. For you, being here at St. James in the city may feel like you've reached your destination, or this place could be for you a stop along the way. Every life is different, every life is sacred, and every journey is sacred too. Engaging in your journey with an open mind and an open heart is hard and holy work. It means staying open to new insights and ideas and letting things unfold. Worrying less about achievement and more about living the life that Jesus is specifically calling you to live. Listening for that. These are the steps. These are the choices. This is your Camino. So think about your Camino. What is your journey about? Now, this morning we have the honor of welcoming two little travelers on this Camino journey, this way of love through the sacrament of new life, of baptism, Ada and Rabi. They are already adored by God. But today they're officially joining with all of you in this journey into love and their parents and their godparents and all of you are committing to support them along the way. In Spain, when pilgrims see each other on the trail, they say, Buen Camino. With these words, they wish each other an experience of depth and mystery and meaning. And this is my wish for every one of you at home and here today as you continue your journey. Buen Camino. Amen.